Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. I feel like it goes without saying, but this is an episode and a conversation that... Well, firstly, it's a conversation I've had millions of times off of the air, the first time it's ever come on the air. And this, is, this is the episode that I've been waiting this whole time to do. Boys, it is time for the Harry Potter retrospective. Can you even contain your excitement? So excited. It's definitely not one thirty in the morning. It, you're right, it's one twenty-one. <laughs> Nail it. Off to a great start. Did you basically make this entire podcast just so we can make this episode? I hope so. <laughs> a lot of people had to die, okay? <laughs> just... I'd be really impressed if you put all of this together just for the No, like the I've meme. said, I, this, is a, this is a conversation I have literally about every six months, never with the same person. It's always somebody new, a potterhead that I meet, where we just go off on tangents and that's probably how i'll meet my future wife so just, i don't i don't you know. meet, i don't meet enough of them there's just so much there's so much homegirl jkr and i need to just sit down and so i can air my grievances and all that kind of stuff <laughs> what if you meet, what if you actually meet her and it turns out you don't like her I, how how is that even possible i don't know she's like super pretentious and she thinks she's better than you i mean she is that doesn't... she is better than you she's more creative than you are but <laughs> no offense She's better than all of us. I don't know. Like, people always talk about, like, oh, well, that's just the face they put on for the cameras. But, like, I don't know. It's, it's, I find it really hard to act differently than I am. And it's easy to spot the people who are acting against their actual personality. So, I don't, I don't know. I think she's, I think she's a cool cucumber, IRL. Um, Why wouldn't rich. you say cat? I don't know. Cats aren't, cats aren't cool. Who do you think you are? A just... dog lover. Gross. I like what... both. Hey Josh, how many dogs are in uh, Harry Potter? Uh, the yeah. best one is Sirius Black. Which so. wh- which one is There's the animal? One. There's that... at least one. Which one is the animal that you're not allowed to have as your pet at Hogwarts? I can't remember. Yeah, because they're too cool for school. No, it's not. Oh, got him. But then cats... why does why does a Hogwarts employ a dog? There are actually a lot more dogs than in that. Well, there's Crookshanks and there's Professor yeah, and Crookshanks. Crookshanks is great. Crookshanks, Crookshanks. She's is... she's better in the books, but that's <laughs> to kick it off. She just that ruins crap. every. Yeah, just part in. Well, again, that part in five. She just ruins the whole thing. But she takes the ear. okay, but to come to the defensive prisoner of Azkaban, she kind of saves the day. And she's Ow. like, she was right all along about scabbers. You know, don't even try to talk. Yeah. Get what was it? What was it in the? I'm trying to remember what it was in the book. There was something between Crookshanks and another person. Oh, who wasn't knows? it like she talked to Sirius or something? Yeah. Okay. Or no, she found Pet- Peter Pettigrew. I think I don't know something like that. But without with that said, we'll All right. preview started, the talk. Buddy. Let's. <laughs> No, we got we do have one order business. This is going to be a solely Harry Potter episode, but before we do get into everything, this kind of has to do with Harry Potter. Fantastic Beast predictions. So the movie currently stands at 77% on Rotten Tomatoes and the $74.5 million opening weekend. Cody, you yeah, said the film would would settle at 95%. I was wrong. 
Josh said 84. And I said a respectable 79. So. Wow, you're actually really close. I was pretty. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. But as far as money goes, Mr. Noodle had $115 million. I was wrong. I had $91 million. And Cody had $80 million. So, Cody, you and I split this one. Congratulations. Good job. Way way to go, you. And part two of this is Rogue One is, what, 20 days away now? Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, So... It's getting about press screenings are going to start, and forecasting is coming in, so let's get on the record. Let's give our predictions right now. Josh, start us off. All right, so Ron Tomatoes. All right, I'm going to go to keep my biases out of here. Uh, 88%. Oh, I typed in 86 as a <laughs> as a guess, my own personal guess. 88%, okay. That's, okay. that's a respectable. That's a, okay. Seven, um, seven, six or seven notches did, below Force wait, Awakens. Actually, okay. what did Godzilla? What did Godzilla have? Like seventy nine, something like that. Yeah, seventy seven. Okay, that's too high uh, for that fucking movie. That movie's great. Um, garbage. It's right. great. <laughs> All right, Cody. Um, uh, we'll, we'll go through Rotten Tomatoes first, so nothing is influenced. Cody, Rotten um, Tomatoes scores. I'm gonna give that a. What did you say, Josh? Eighty eight. Eighty eight. I'm gonna keep it. I played too high. I'm going to say 80 this time. Okay. I, I typed in 79, so again, nailed it. All right, so 80, you know 88. What they say about assuming, right? Yeah. And you'll die a painful and slow death at the hands of the one that you thought you loved most. Anyways. Absolutely. <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, let's see. Huh. Uh, so I got an 88. I got an 80. Do I lowball it or do I settle in the middle? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go eighty I'm gonna go eighty nine percent. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna up price Josh. Is writing him. Your price is writing him. I don't think this is gonna be like. I don't think this is gonna be so very um, loved. I guess, but I think it's gonna oh, be I, liked by a lot. Like I just I, I don't I don't I, think that there's gonna be a lot of people that this movie's gonna alienate. So in some yeah. of the ways. Like I, f- I feel like some of the negatives coming from Force Awakens were that it was so it was such a callback to the trilogy, whereas now we know that's what this is. And I think people are going to be more accepted, yeah, accepting of it or whatever. So I'll go eighty nine. I'm I'm confident with this thing. All right, so money, uh, I will go in reverse order. So I'm going to start and I'm going to give it a. I'm going to go. Let's see. Let's go one hundred and seventeen mil. All right, Cody. Me. Can you tell me what I said last time? Nope. Fuck. <laughs> I don't like this this part. Oh, <laughs> uh, what did you just say? I don't know. You're such a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm fully aware. Ninety-five million. Okay. Dollars. Ninety-five dollars. <laughs> just those are just your ticket sales. Okay. Yeah, just me. Just me in the first week. All right, Josh. Oop. Uh, I'm gonna go 165 million. Bah! We are all over the map here. It's a Star Wars movie with Darth Vader in it. You think it's making 117 million? Yeah, I do. All right. All right. So those are locked in. They are en route to a uh, 
security or what are the a safety deposit box in Zurich, and we'll get those uh, we'll get those later. Gustav and uh, he's on his way over. All right, so without further ado, it is time. It is time. Harry Potter. Brace yourself, boys. We're here for the next three hours. Let's, let's talk. Let's rock and roll. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Who would like to start off? Because I, I feel like we don't really need to cover our backgrounds with Harry Potter, but just as we did a it brief, last time, didn't we? Yeah. I think Josh and I both grew up with it in varying degrees. Cody, not so much, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's where we are. A couple different perspectives. So uh, Sorcerer's Stone, somebody get us started. What what do you want? You gotta just a, moderate just, us. Just a, a, like a, <laughs> initial thoughts on it. You know, first impressions. I guess when you first saw it, Cody, why don't you start? Well, you see, it's the uh, the perfect opening to the universe. It has just enough world building. Uh-huh. It's um, it establishes the magic system well. Right. Um, it introduces you to the main characters well. You you get the basic character traits that you'll see will evolve later on. So, but is it is it Leviosa or Leviosa? It's Leviosa. Okay. Nine out of ten. <laughs> Josh, what do you think? I tell about? you that I, I just pulled that right out of my ass. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> you can say that about almost any first movie in a series, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we'll jog your memory a little bit. Josh, initial thoughts on Sorcerer's Stone for dumb Americans. Okay. Well, first, before I get the Sorcerer's Stone, I, I, said, I said, whenever I said it, that I had a controversial opinion about the Harry Potter movies. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say that right now so I can say it up front so it's known throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to say two things. I like the movies better than the books. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> that is surprising. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's a thing. Wow. just want everyone to know that. Well, I, I think we should. Many people. You should also give a disclaimer that you can't actually read. So. <laughs> and I've, I, and I've, I've read the books multiple times and I love them. But I, I just prefer the movies. Translation: and... He's tried to read them multiple times and has got frustrated. <laughs> Never like, Shut up. <laughs> I'm Josh Needle. Um, I can't read. Um, and um, just to, to I'm sure it, I don't know if people comment on our stuff, but if they mm. comment on our, to anyone commenting, um, yeah. when whenever I'm talking about something that I like that is different from the book, I'm judging the movies as movies. I don't give a crap what they change or take or don't take from the books. So if that's what if that if you get mad at me for saying something that right. you think is terrible from the books, I don't care. I'm judging the movies. Just laying that out there. Okay. That's so interesting Harry because first. on my perspective, I care. I or I I know and I'm aware a lot of the changes from the books, but I just don't care about most of them. No, I I I, I know all of them. There are tons of them yeah. that I aware of, and there are things that I do wish were in the books, but it's like I don't. I'm yeah, not going to complain about it because the movie's the movie. The books are the books. Yeah. And- on top of that, why do people get complain about what isn't in just with a lot of things then and not I, I, get not get I swept up in what is? I understand it because there are things I in feel the like their story's not actually getting told the way it was intended to. It's I think it's just because there are things like there's a scene there's one scene in the fifth book that I still to this day wish was in the movie and we'll talk about it when we get to number five, but um, I think it's just things like that where you see you read these moments and like you're like, oh my god, I can't wait to see that in the movie, and then it doesn't happen, or it doesn't happen the way you wished it happened. I only have one gripe about the about any the only exclusion that I care about comes way later in the series, and I and I'm I don't f- and I completely um, 
I think I have be- uh, reinforcements behind me of a lot of fans feel the same way. But again, we'll get to that okay. a little bit later. Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. But, um, so, it's good to get yeah. that on the air. Okay. So, Sorcerer's Stone. Um, yeah. I'm actually, I think I'm in the minority. I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. Um, a lot of people seem to just think it's okay. But I think it's great. I think it's it's not like one of the best in the series or anything. It's actually probably my second least favorite. Are we counting Fantastic Beasts? And ranking no. any of these things. Okay, good. So yeah, it's my second least favorite of any of these. Um, and it's, but it's still, I think it's a great movie. Um, it introduces everyone well. The act, I think the performances from the kids are great. Um, I think the supporting cast is awesome. Uh, the world building, like Cody said, is really, really great. <laughs> just everything's great. The only thing I have a problem with is some of the visual effects um, here and there, um, just especially like the troll. I mean that's um, 2001 for you. I don't yeah, know but you're... yeah, yeah. I don't know, but a lot yeah. of st- uh, some little things bother me. But overall, it's a great movie, um, and it just it's. I have a little bit. I have a lot of nostalgia for it. That's where a lot of my love comes from. But uh, yeah, great first movie in a great franchise. I feel the same. I also really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I agree. I think um, upon rewatch. Every single time, I'm always kind of floored by just how long the first two movies are. Like, yeah. I'm thinking it back to 2001, and I guess that would be my main criticism of, of the movies because, like, I mean, yeah, the acting may not be great from the kids, but really, who cares? Because For kids. <laughs> and, and also because that is, in many ways, what kids are like. They're just awkward, and they don't – they sound drunk all the time, so I'm not really that <laughs> – I'm not really, upset about it. Do you really think they're not that good? I, I really think they do a no, good no, job. No, no, they're they're fine. Good but for like kids, I as mean, far as no um, kid from room, but yeah, the, oh, yeah, the line delivery is not good. But that's I don't that that never really bothers me. But anyways, um, but yeah, I'm just I'm I'm always surprised at just how long those first two movies were. It's like I can't imagine as a you know. I don't think I saw the first one in the theater. I'm I, I'm, I'm a little. I mean, hazy how long on. are we talking? Um, Disclaimer for me, I haven't watched these movies in like a year. Okay, uh, Sorcerer's Stone, for instance, was two and a half hours long. It's two. Okay. It's an. It's a hundred and fifty-two minutes. Yeah. So. And then I think uh, Chamber of Secrets is even longer. Hundred so, sixty-one. Yeah, I don't know how Jeez. kids are able to were able to sit for that long, but maybe it just speaks uh, to the fact that these are just such well done movies and people love yeah. them. And I think above all, you know, you can look at uh, Sorcerer's Stone from a an analytical perspective, it's easy to do that. But the fact of the matter is, it just the fact that it does introduce us as an audience in, into this world and with these kind of characters and all this awesome stuff is just it's. I don't know. I don't know how you look at it critically. I really. I. I'm not. I. I just am unable to access that part of my brain because it's like it's just it's magic and it's wizards and the, the production design's gorgeous and the. The characters are so well realized, and I just, you know, I just get caught up in it. And I think um, something we'll try think, to do with these is, as far as favorite scenes go, I've always loved the mirror. Any scene with the mirror and Arisad, especially when Dumbledore and, or when Dumbledore meets Harry there after he finds out he's been going there, I just that's just one of my favorite scenes of the whole thing, and I I love it. And um, I think just this movie is overall, I, I'm I agree with Josh. It's just so well rounded and just such a fun movie to watch Josh have you seen right. something yeah yeah um, and I, I was going to say a lot I think a lot of the kind of just all that fun and joy of it like the magic stuff comes from John Williams music yeah Ooh, true. that's great um, I think I'll say I don't think he, this, it isn't what? 
for some reason, it's not my favorite score of his because Catch Him If You Can is. Just because, because Star it's... Wars exists, you mean? No, well, Jazz... Are you going to say what I think you're going to say? Hold on. Catch Me If You Can is my favorite score, but his work in the Harry Potter movies is the best I've ever heard. It's the most, I think, even more than Star Wars, I think it fits mm-hmm. it, it, estab- it fits and establishes the universe the best. I don't know, have you seen The Empire Strikes Back? No, the music's great, but or it doesn't, it's every not. every other Star Wars movie? It's not, a, it's not as, it doesn't build a mood as much. Whereas, like, the, I, I think the, the, star, the music of can... Star Wars the music. Let's not make this a Star Wars thing. But I think the music of Star Wars it fits the world nicely, but I don't. I think his work on <laughs> Harry Potter fleshes it out more. You know, like it, we should just move on because yeah. this is going to become a Star Wars discussion, and this is not what we're here to do tonight. Yeah, we did that for two hours already. So, sorry. You want to? Can we do about part two for Star Wars? Yeah. No, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> But I do love the music, and I, I just, okay. that main theme though. I mean, I, I played the oh, beginning yeah. of the episode. It's I, it's my favorite theme of anything ever. So, and it's you just can't deny its power, and I love that about it. I love I love that they used that in Fantastic Beasts. A little bit to open it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, elsewhere, let's actually um, let's talk a little bit about the older cast. I mean, I have no, I've I don't have any complaints, but yeah. I gotta say, even as a kid, I was like, I don't know about this this guy that doing Dumbledore. And I remember when I was getting ready for school one day, and this is such a grim thing for you know what was I a six or seven year old to to or well, might have been eight at that time or something like that. But when I was told, my mom told me, I was like, oh, Dumbledore died. The guy that played Dumbledore. I was like, <laughs> uh, I I kind of remember thinking to myself, oh, maybe they'll get somebody good or maybe get somebody oh, better. Christ. I was like, what? Oh my god! I love great Dumbledore, but he was old. I love Richard Harris. I mean, no disrespect to him as a person. I'm sure he was great, but I never really bought him as Dumbledore. I just felt, I always felt like um, Dumbledore always has to have he has to have like a an edge to him, and I just never really felt oh, really? that with Richard Harris. Um, I was I was the complete opposite. I loved that he didn't have an edge, and he was like a soft, kind of wise old man. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, listening to, I'm listening to the audiobook, not right now, but I was earlier. Right. And the way that they depicted him in the first book is just, he's kind of crazy, but he's really super nice. Yeah, but at the end of the day... I think he did good, but as he, he did become edgier as the uh, story went on, like... Well, no, I think we only found out how edgy he was as the story went on, because later on you find out about, basically, he was, for good reasons, but he was a, just... A, conniving manipulator and he like they said in later later books you know he led harry like a pig for slaughter in a way yeah and maybe it's just because i know that looking back but i've always felt like they there needed to be a little bit uh rougher of an edge around him and i'm and for the record i've obviously i like michael gammon more to me he's the he's the better dumbledore because he does have that kind of warmth and he also has that like i said that edge to him where uh, I don't know if an edge really fits Sorcerer's Stone, especially, but I wanted to see just a little bit of that, and I think the Mirror of Erised scene would have been a good way to put that in there, because when it's just him and Harry alone, and there's important and kind of grave things at uh, going on, but I think I think he came more. I think I I preferred Richard Harris's Dumbledore over Gammons for the 
until the sixth movie where I think he kind of more came into his own as his Dumbledore. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I just preferred, I think Richard Harris, I just, I thought he did such a great job. And so, especially in, like you said, the scene with the mirror of Era said, mm-hmm. um, so he's like great with Harry in that scene. And he's, he doesn't, he just, he's one of those characters that, um, isn't in them a lot. He doesn't have a lot of screen time, but he has so much presence and you just feel him there everywhere yeah. you go. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons he's such a great character. Um, he just, you feel him everywhere and he's really, uh, powerful and in more than ways, more than just being a great wizard, but, um, he's just, right. I, yeah. And I think Richard Harris did a great job. Um, and I, I'm really sad that he didn't get to finish out the series partially just because of continuity. I, I don't ever like when they recast people just in the middle of a series because it annoys me. Like, uh, Maggie um, Gyllenhaal and yeah, <laughs> I, I still, even the thing is I, I hate that. But I, I think she was better. Yeah. But I still would have rather just them continued with the other Rachel and just made her role smaller. Yeah, I've, I've always looking again looking back. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, and they didn't really know what the series was going to become. But yeah, I, he was seventy two. Richard Harris was seventy two years old when he died. I think in they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Obviously, they didn't know this was going to be an eight part series spanning ten years. But I don't yeah. know. I think you do. They should have, have had to... some more. Uh... Yeah. Foresight, I agree. A little bit more. How how was Michael Gammon was a lot younger, right? He was like fifty or sixty I think something. He, I think he's richer. I think he's seventy two now. Let me. Yeah, he's seventy six okay. now. So he's. So, so he, he was. Like, he was done when he was seventy one years old. So you know, okay. he was like sixty four or something. Yeah, but uh, just yeah. a little Dumbledore uh, side. He's he's my favorite. Uh, I don't know. He's kind of my favorite character, but Snape also, uh, who of course, Rip Allen Rickman. Oh God! Yeah. This this next rewatch will be my first since he passed, so that's going to be emotional. Yeah. And um, he, that is that is that was such a great casting choice, Alan Rickman yeah. as Snape. I mean, honestly, if I could say what the best, <laughs> I think he added fifteen minutes of screen time. But you know, <laughs> it, I <laughs> just out of outside of one other character um, who's my favorite character in the whole franchise, who comes in later in the series. Um, I think he's probably the be- most well casted um, of any of any of the books to the movies. Um, he's just, and he even he is different from the book Snape a little bit because when you look at the books and like kind of see that how he was drawn into the illustrations and then like read how he was, written, yeah, he's a little more sick he's a little more, he's a little more aggressive <laughs> in the books than he's in the movies. Yeah. Um, whereas in the books he's, or as in the movies he's more like. Yeah. how alan rickman did him yeah but, much more sensitive i like yeah that he's, a, he's he's a more subtle and he's more like menacing mm-hmm. in a different way um but yeah I, I thought he just the way he carried that role was freaking brilliant so a question i'll ask you guys did so this is the first movie did any character performance get off on the wrong foot to you any character performance um not that I can think of. No. I'm going to give that a big resounding no because I was too young to know what a good performance was at that point. True. I'm I mean, just kinda, yeah. I'm just and even now, upon the subsequent rewatches, there's yeah, nothing, nothing that No, me. the only again, the only thing that gives <clears throat> me is some of the effects and little maybe yeah. pace issues here and there. But yeah. uh, I don't really think anyone in the cast, but maybe Neville. I don't know. He was <laughs> he was annoying, but he was supposed to be annoying, so. That kind of leads me in my second point. So, by the, any franchise that runs this long, you get a Jar Jar, or something to that effect. Uh, Harry Potter doesn't have one. I, th- I 
they, they they avoided having one by cutting peeves out of this movie. Thank God. I think I'm so happy that a lot of people think they are so mad that he wasn't in the books in the movies because he had he got a significant role later in some of the books, yeah. but. That he that would have been you play have you played any of the video games? Yeah, yeah. Like you know how he just like pops up and is like woohoo and he's like really crazy and like ridiculous. You know I I understand what you're saying, but like having that in a movie would have been <laughs> they horrible. Also, they also made house elves work, so I don't know. House elves, I think house elves always could have worked because house elves aren't ridiculous. Well, they kind of are. I mean, they look like you know. They do look pretty stupid, but... But you, but you can do... Like, it would have been like having Moaning Myrtle, an over-the-top Moaning Myrtle pop up four times every movie. I don't know. I I, 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 I I'll reserve judgment, but I, I think that they could have pulled it off if they wanted to. But they obviously felt that that was a, a losing battle. So, they, it doesn't... Again, that's one of those things that from the books. It just... I can't... It doesn't translate. It doesn't take away. Well, no, I, I just don't feel like it's... It's a big, it's a glaring miss. I don't, know? I'm not missing anything by him not being in this movie. Yeah, he's basically yeah. Clippy. If you remember Clippy, he's he's Clippy. Like the thing from yeah, Microsoft, like Microsoft Office. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Clippy. Oh god. Um, elsewhere. Oh, uh, another thing. This this is something I realized after watching an interview with J.K. Rowling. So after she did Harry Potter, she wrote a crime novel under a pseudonym. And she mentioned okay. in this in some interview, she's like, "Well, well, I mean, the Harry Potter move, the Harry Potter books were all, you know, mystery novels and whatnot." And it just, I was like, "Oh, they are. I miss that." Yeah. Because <laughs> every movie, except for maybe number yeah, last, five, I I'd say the last one is the one that isn't. Yeah, uh, uh, Order of the Phoenix wasn't really that. I don't know. Actually, yeah. it, it, it kind of was, but for the most part, these early movies are pretty much just mystery films and yeah. mm-hmm. that's most likely what hooked me from such an early age and I'm just I'm I'm thankful for that. They're def- uh, they're, all, they're all like a who done it kind of thing. Yeah. The first the first 3. Yeah. And then 4 is where uh, shit hits the fan. And, and even then it's Plotty McPlatterton. Yeah. Plotty Town. Um any th- uh also production design best production oh, design of any franchise I will say. Yeah. It's the one I most want to visit. I don't know if I go. I don't know if I go with any franchise, but <laughs> I wonder what franchise you're thinking about. Yeah, most definitely Transformers. Yes, the last I'd, night. I mean, honestly, it's, I'd probably say it is better than Star Wars because I mean, there is. I mean, as great as there are sets in Star Wars, like nothing, I mean, nothing in there compares to the castle from Harry Potter or like the the what's it called the um, Department of Mysteries or yeah. something like. like yeah. yeah. Diagon Alley. Like, those are huge sets, and they are so detailed. And like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think maybe like Lord of the Rings or something might top it. But, um, yeah, it just it looks great. Everything. I mean, to see the the stuff like that, like from the book, brought <clears throat> to life. Yeah, and like, and especially now that they have that uh, Harry Potter world. Did you, have either of you guys gone there? I'm going no. soon. I hope it's great. I, I love to go. It was so amazing. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, all the right. Castle, seeing the castle was great. Yeah, Butterbeer. Butter also that's this is great all right uh let's move on uh okay. in lieu of grades we're just going to give rankings at the end so because i okay. think that would just add time on but i think we all like it all right so 
Chamber of Secrets. Uh, I will start here by saying that I think this is the one that I've seen the most in the totality of my life, just because um, before I w- collected home media of movies, I sh- I had a VHS of this, and it was just like every every few months, basically. And oddly enough, the second it's um it, the runner up is Half Blood Prince for the same reason because that was the first Blu-ray I ever bought. So I don't know, go figure there. Which are they are kind of connected. Th- um, I also, I think this might have been like one of the first DVDs I ever bought. Oh, wow. Huh. Funny how that works. So, uh, while I bring that up, I think I want to, I'd like to mention briefly about uh, how JK does what every writer and just creative person who tells a long form story should do, and that's ring storytelling. You guys familiar with this? Um, explain it, I might be. Okay, so it's basically, it's connecting movies with themes and predicaments, I suppose. So, if we look at the, if you can picture a ring, uh, Sorcerer's Stone and Deathly Hallows connect because, you know, for obvious reasons, they deal with Harry's, obviously, I'm not gonna, I don't care about spoilers, Harry's death (laughs) and his sort of leaving home for the Wizarding World, and there's, you know, there's a lot of connection between those two. Chamber of Secrets and Deathly Hallows are connected through the Horcruxes, specifically the Half-Blood Prince, and then the the Heir of Slytherin kind of a deal. And then Prisoner of Azkaban. This one's a little bit murkier, so I'm not 100% sure on this one, but Prisoner of Azkaban and and, uh, Order of the Phoenix are kind of about insurrection, I suppose, because they do, in Order of the Phoenix, they defy the ministries. And Prisoner of Azkaban, they... I guess defy the ministry again with the Buckbeak situation, and um, obviously Sirius he arrives and then leaves in those two, and then Goblet of Fire right in the middle has no connection to anything, but it's the it's imagine it's the gem in the ring, and through the Triwizard Tournament and the rise and the rebirth of Voldemort. Mm-hmm. So if you can picture if you could picture <coughs> that and kind of draw it out, that's sort of the idea of ring storytelling, and it's. It's much more subtle when it's told across three movies, um, but when it's when you see it uh, go through something like seven or nine movies or stories or whatever, it becomes much more apparent. And I've always liked that about these. It's another another little thing that I've learned uh, just about storytelling from these these movies and books. So, um, so yeah, ring storytelling isn't that fun? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Chamber Secrets. Josh, get us started. What do you think about the second film? Um, I'm probably actually with you. It might be my second most watched because I don't know. There was something about this one in particular. Maybe it's just because it was the second movie and I was having a high off the first one that I loved so much. So I watched this one a million more times. Right. Um, um, I don't know. I just, I love this movie. I think it's really underrated because a lot of people seem to think this is the worst of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's great. Uh, the, I think the acting from the kids is better. Uh, the character is a little more. Yeah, they, all the, I love how they, it's kind of the introduction is kind of out of the way now. And it's not like, here's how this magic thing works. Here's how that magic thing works. Here's some here's character development works. instead. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, here's, we're going to actually flesh out all the characters more now. We're going to go into some backstory a little bit. We're going to explore the universe more. Um, and it, it's just done really, really, has more of that world building that's done more subtly. And it, just this, I think the story is great, and I love how important it becomes 
pretty much in the last two movies. Yeah. Um, because ever, I mean, this I think this movie ties in way have more heavily into the later movies than people um, seem to realize it does. Mm-hmm. And no, absolutely. It's it's so I I love it. I think everything about it is great. I think the visual effects are really really hold up to this day. I think they're because they, they, like I said, my issue with the Fantastic Beast movie was some of the effects. I think like the practical effects in this movie look great like the snake or the spider um they all look great and just everything i, I think it's a great movie it's awesome it's also fun. And i think the, the music is better i love the music who would have thought that the second movie in the series would be the only film to feature uh eyes being gouged out i sure didn't that was a surprising <laughs> thing to see it's like oh whoa cool and it's hey. not just you don't see it anymore and they like do camera tricks. It's like, no, here's this snake's eyes completely torn out of its skull. But, you know. Yeah. Hey, kids. At least it's, at least it's just a snake and not a person. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, something I think I sh- we should get out of the way is the first major cast a- uh, addition, and that is Kenneth Branagh's Gildor Lockhart. And <laughs> He's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there anybody that can't that doesn't love him? In in some form or another, Cody, what, awesome. are you? Do you love Gilderoy Lockhart? I think. Do I love him? Are you? Do you enjoy? I think him? he's funny. Yeah. He's the better uh, secondary character in that movie. Yeah. I don't. I don't hate him. No, I, I do I, hate I, him. Actually, he's a piece of shit. But he's funny. There are a lot of people who rip on Gilderoy for some reason. I know, I've never understood it. Um. But, uh, but yeah, I've overall big fan of this one. I I agree with Josh. I I really don't think this deserves any of the. It, it's only it's only regarded as one of the worst because it kind of has to be. Just, just <laughs> I know, but like, no, but there are reasons. people that really think it's just like a bad movie. Oh really? Well, they're dumb. Yeah, they're dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> they're dummy heads. It's it's super. Uh, and yeah, like you said, the I think the production design is another thing that just. With every movie, it just expands and expands and expands, and uh, the Dursleys especially. We didn't really talk about them last time, just because I feel like it's you don't really need to say how just how great those performances and those set setups and situations are, because it's it's just it's kind of perfect in its in its own way. Uh, built like uh, I I always considered them as like a reworked version of Cinderella's uh, evil stepsisters and stepmother. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like they're... That's always made sense to me. Uh, I like that. Um, <laughs> other than that, what do you like about it, Cody? About the Chamber of Secrets? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I do like it, but I think it's one of the weaker additions to the movie, or to the series. Mm-hmm. And I know we learn more about the lore and all that stuff. Right. Like, I didn't even know who the founders were before that movie came out. True. Because I didn't read the books. Garbage. Trash Until, <laughs> like, two years ago. Which is... It's sad. It's sad. A tragedy. <laughs> uh, um, $100 million budget set to an $879 million gross. That's another thing that I where I was taken aback at. I mean, it's, with the enormous returns that movies these days get, I was 
I still I find it amazing that these were as successful as they were for. Uh, for and it's crazy that so they early. made this. It's crazy how fast they made these movies too. I mean, the, it was, was it basically one every two years. Yeah, sort of. It was like because this and Sorcerer's Stone came out a year apart. Yeah. Oh really? It kind of had to. Yes. Yeah, so, so they they were doing they were started filming Chamber of Secrets like the day after Sorcerer's Stone came out in theaters. And like they wrapped production in like like six or five or six months before the movie came out. Right. Wow. So it's it was really fast time. Oh, yeah, so I didn't know that. That makes sense. That's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they did the same. It was the same kind of situation for a lot of the other movies. Yeah, they they spa- they spaced them out a little bit. Like uh, Azkaban came out two years after Chamber of Secrets, but then Goblet of Fire a year after, and then they went to two years again, and then to one year. Yeah, then, but yeah, they cranked they these out. Sw- they had to. Yeah, but. they started switching to summer, just between like summer and November. And yeah. So, so. I've, these have always felt like uh, fall movies to me. I think they, I think they put the right ones out in the summer because some of them do have that more of an epic blockbuster type thing. Mm-hmm. True, true. Uh, let's see. Anything? I, I feel like uh, when you talk about the first movie, it, it, Source of Stone especially, it just carries over to Chamber Secrets because it's yeah. a lot of the. They're, yeah. they're very similar movies. Yeah. Um, which is not to say no, that's a bad, bad thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, anything anything else? Any closing thoughts on Chamber of Secrets? It's an awesome it's movie. And um, you know what? I something I love about it that it's really dumb and something that I only I care about. It's that that it's the first one that started that Warner Brothers logo trend at the beginning of each movie. Oh, right. Where like it floats through the cro- the clouds with the Harry Potter theme. For some reason I always loved that when I was a kid because it was like it would like get darker every movie. I yeah. thought that was real cool. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like the scene with the oh yeah we got to do favorite scenes we uh scene with the mandrake is one I've always enjoyed I think those are those are just I think some of their my favorite practical effects that they did for these oh yeah those are Big great fan. is this the one this is the one where um Malfoy joins the Quidditch team right and is a piece yeah. of shit yeah. yeah yeah I like that scene it makes me laugh true I agree uh so do you guys have a favorite scene from uh, Chamber of Secrets. Probably um, the ending. Which and like which? I ending? mean, when they're fighting the snake and all that stuff, okay, or yeah. when they figured out that Tom Riddle is an amigran or whatever. I'm actually gonna. I'd probably say my favorite scene is when Harry goes back in time. Hagrid getting caught with Tom Riddle. Yeah, yeah, that's book. a good one. Look, that was that was that's an amazing scene. Also, the Aragog scene. Those are probably my two favorites. I don't know which one. True, Aragog's good. Um, which is it's crazy because I hate spiders and that scene scares the crap out of me. But maybe that's why I love it. I don't know. Katie's like to get scared. Uh, let's see. Uh, which I I've always for some reason I I really like the one the scene where um right after Hermione gets petrified and Harry and Ron realize like they kind of have to figure this out together and they they sort of figure out what the the beast is and stuff like that. Um, I don't know I. I, I like the the smaller scenes in these early movies are the ones that uh, that affect me and the ones that I remember a lot. Uh, but yeah. you can't, you really you almost can't go wrong. Um, the Quidditch scenes that that's those are fun ones too. Are those yeah, I, I like that's just a given in all of them. I w- I wish they could would have. I mean, obviously they can't because they really don't have that much to do with the plot. 
Um, but I wish they would have spent more time with Quidditch just because it, it would have been fun. Yeah. Because um, it's a, I mean, it. I've I said it before. It's a sport. It's really stupid. It makes no sense. But it's fun as hell to watch. Right. Do people not realize that? You... Yeah, that you don't need to score. No, no, no. It's it's you do need to score because no, you don't. Snitches I, from whatever catches the snitch wins. You know, but from uh, what I yeah, understand, most of the time they don't catch the snitch. Though. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is like I'm sure. Harry's just boss at being a seeker. He's just so he gets the really good at his job all the time. But like, I'm sure that in normal games they don't. It's not like soccer where they just go on. Well, even the, no, it's not like uh, what's that one sport? We like tennis where you can just go on forever. You know, I think at, at some point you just kind of have to like, okay, nobody's gotten the snitch and it's you know you got 250 points. So I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some reason reasoning behind that. But I never I never like it when people rip on Quidditch. It does make sense. Just uh, we're just two we're just dumb Americans who don't realize it, you know. <laughs> but all right, so Chamber of Secrets is gets a, gets a good old thumbs up. Fun movie, very enjoyable. Pretty good, good good one to revisit. And uh, I also got to say, and this is more of a J.K. Rowling thing, but it was I think it was really brave of them to keep the best actress of the trio out of a significant portion of the movie uh, by when Emma Watson's, when Hermione gets petrified and Harry and Ron have to, like, shoulder the load. I mean, that's that's a lot to ask of those kids who are just kind of being, who she's sort of leaving in her dust and be like, hey, now you don't have hers to back you guys up and make you better. I've always <laughs> I've always liked that. I, 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 think did a good I, job. Think, I think this is the first movie where I started having a crush on Emma Watson. Because oh. <laughs> uh, I, I was, like, ten. Yeah. You're too young. I was I was younger than them. Yeah, that's true. She's she's gonna she's gonna marry me. She just doesn't know it yet. Uh, that's weird. That's that's even weirder. Don't say that. Are you saying I shouldn't kill in her name? Maybe kill in her name. Just okay. Jodie Foster situation or something. I don't know. Yeah, don't uh, Mark David <laughs> Chapman this thing. <laughs> uh, my friend. Uh, I'll, I'll skip over that. Um. <laughs> No, my friend told me that she's like, you know why they call they they refer to serial killers by all their first, middle, and last name? I said, no, why? It's like so they don't get mixed up with civilians and pe- innocent people. It's like that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. James Egan Holmes or whatever. Yeah, what a dick. Uh, all right, so let's move on and try to not let this take up too much of our time here. But Prisoner of Azkaban, I'm gonna start off here. Oh boy, it is. By far, unquestionably, my least favorite movie. But for some people, they think it's the best of the bunch. And gosh darn, I do not understand it. I just don't. People have people have talked. Every all the people that I have Harry Potter conversations with, a majority of them do say. Even one of my best friends is like, "No, Azkaban's the best one." And I just every time they explain to me, it's like they're speaking French, and I'm just like. No, but this has that and does it better, and no, this does it better, or, or no, this is, you know, I just, I don't get it. I really don't, and I've never, I never have, and I don't, I'm not sure if I ever will. So, Josh, just give it, give it a go. Appeal to me on air why this is the best and your favorite, I'm assuming is your favorite, Harry Potter movie, is, or among your favorite is, Harry Potter this movies. This is this is the best Harry Potter movie, it's not even a question. Well, it comes close with another, with Deathly Hallows Part 2, but um, this is, hands down, the best Harry Potter movie for me, and I love it, 
and it's amazing. It's actually probably the best fantasy movie, in my personal opinion. Whoa, um, those are big I, words, but to me, it's the best. I think it's the best fantasy movie. It's like it's like this is like in my top five, top ten movies of all time. But um, why? Because it exists. I think it's better than any Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, oh. my heart! I think a, I think a couple of these movies are better than all all the Lord of the Rings. Um, and I think Harry Potter is better than Lord of the Rings as a whole. So I need to go, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, got, I got Shadow of Mortar, by the way. I want to play it. But tell me uh, why. So tell me why. Okay, so... Dude, should I just list everything that's great about this movie? Yes. Just no, but tell okay. me why it's the best. Tell me why it's better so, than For me personally, else. this is just me personally. Other people may have their different opinions. For me personally, the reason I think this is the best is because this, without other... More than any other movie, this stands alone as a standalone piece of fantasy storytelling. This has the best looking cinematography um out of any of the movies the only one that comes close is Haplo prince we've talked about this we have talked about this <laughs> the it has the amount of the um the size of leap in quality from the last two movies to this is insane it is insane how much better and the movie is and how better the storytelling is how much better the acting is how much better the directing is the writing, the the, um, the the production design, the overall, the way the tone works. I think the pacing is so much better. This movie's a lot more leaner. It's a lot tighter. It doesn't feel like it's a little bit too long. It's a really, it's. I mean, it's two hours and like twenty minutes, but it flies by. At least for me, maybe it doesn't for you, but <laughs> it feels so much better. I love how it's darker, but it still has that magic. And to me, this captures the tone of the books more than any of the other movies. Um, and it just captures a tone that I think is so much fun and so has that magic. But it has kind of a Guillermo del Toro kind of fantasy darkness to it, which is something that uh, Alfonso Cuaron did brilliantly. And I think he's the best director of any of these movies. And I don't know. I just. I think this, and I love the story. Um, I love that it has my favorite character, which is Sirius Black. Um, and I don't know. It just it works for me. I love that it takes you on a bunch of different twists and turns, unlike any of the other movies. It does things that the other movies don't do. Like what? What uh, does it do that the other films just, don't? It, it, well, we have something that you hate, which is time travel. Um, it does things differently. It doesn't have your traditional finale it doesn't well what movies take... what movies in this series does have a traditional finale first two the first two they go do some secret thing and they find the thing and they fight the thing and then it's over um and then the fourth one i don't know if they fight the thing and i mean that, harry fights Voldemort, then he fights the snake Wait, he's that, not wrong not much of a fight there he just puts his hand okay. on his face he defeats Voldemort and he defeats the snake okay yeah um so yeah, so it takes thing, it does things a bit differently, and it, it does things in a more more unique way than I think anyone could have ever. And it, for someone who didn't read the books or someone who wasn't familiar with the series, um, to for this to go in, I just it's a unique movie. It stands on its own the best. It's a great just a fantasy standalone piece. The, everything I've said it all. I love the movie. I think it's 
a masterpiece, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay, here's here's what I'm going to jump on to, because a lot of that is personal preference, and, you know, that's that's perfectly fine. You know, everybody has their, their likes and dislikes, but I don't... I don't see why it being this being standalone is a good thing when because it's 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 part of an, a seven part story. Like I don't want there to uh, hold on. I don't want there to be. I don't want there to be um, one of these movies that I can just pop it. Well, I, I, okay, I won't say that because I do like to just pop these in every now and again. But I just the, the okay. So the thing I I like the least about um, Azkaban, I can respect. I can absolutely respect this is. As this is one of uh, a great directing job of all of of anything else. I mean, Quaron did a he did a fabulous job. Just the way this movie was composed and put together and executed, and uh, the music was uh, not, the music was okay. There were parts mm, I was uh, I was crazy about. I think, I think this is like in the top three greatest musical scores I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, okay, well, that's... the music does not stand out to me in this movie. Yeah, I, really? I prefer. Yeah. I, I prefer Half Blood Prince personally. I think that might be Ugh. my favorite score, just in general. But anyways, what I was getting back to is, um, yeah. But so I respect the filmmaking. I respect uh, a lot about this movie. But the thing that I always get hung up on, and the thing that is why I just don't feel like this is a. I just I just don't feel it's relevant because I just think the story is so disconnected from everything. And I, I may I, I see I kind of see why that's a strength for some people, but when in a series where in every single movie the plot takes a huge step forward and reveals new information or sets up new dynamics and characters, what this movie ends up coming down to is some back some backstory that I do you know I I like and appreciate, but I just feel like this was. Um, I just, I just feel like this one doesn't really matter in the scope of things. We get we get two characters. That's basically it. I mean, the the main conflict of Harry and Voldemort does not move forward at all, and it moves to the side for character development. And I just don't. You need character development and to move the story along. I and especially you need character development and to move the story along when every other movie has character development and moves the story along in. in but, very very far. So react. I think, but I think a great thing about it is it does move the story along, but it's not that story. It moves a new, it moves a new, more personal story along for us to get on board with. I think it, and this is something that uh, I think I want to say was um, David Heyman, the producer. He said is that the third movies was where they started kind of trimming the books down because they were getting bigger and bigger. And they were going to start m- making the movies feel more personal and just from Harry's point of view. And I like that about this. I think it does focus more on a personal story with Harry. And, well, and that personal story what is... What movies the, don't is, have it, a personal story? They, Chamber, well, they, Chamber they, of Secrets is extremely feels, personal. They, this, this feels way more... I think this feels way more personal than any of the other movies. Well, I think it's it's only personal because the character's grown up a little bit. I mean, that's, no, but that's, I think that's a big part of it, but... I think it's personal because it focuses more on Harry as a character and his relationships with the people around him and his relationship with the wizarding world more than any of the other movies. Mm, and I'm not sure about his, that. How he, and how he views his past. 
and what yes. that means and what that means is for his future. And I think all of that stuff is so important. And I think it's yeah. just as important, if not more important, than the story of him versus Voldemort. Okay, but why couldn't they have that without moving the plot forward? Why do you? Why do you need it? Why do you need that? Because they're trying to tell a story, but they're an t- overarching theme. I don't having this I is just like a filler episode in a television show. I don't think it's a filler at all. I think it's. I think it's incredibly important. It's like an episode where. Okay, that didn't have to do with the thing we were dealing with before, but it's obviously going to pay off later, and I think it totally does. Uh, I don't know. I think, yeah, for the character motivations, but especially with but this, every, especially every, with every, this every, franchise, you have to take the the character and the story have to move together. Without one, the other can't progress. And yeah, you do get you do get Harry, but a lot of the, a lot of the things that make him the character that he is and the character that they set up is how he reacts and how he grapples with the latest things, the latest conflicts in his life and the latest things that are happening. So, but I, I mean, like that, but I, I, but the things he's co- dealing with in this movie aren't big end of the world, scary things. It's just life. It's, well, neither is, I mean, neither is book is, or is movie six or movie. Well, I guess movie four, but I, okay. Well, if let's just say for, Argument's sake, episode, jeez, episode, <laughs> Half-Blood Prince there has nothing to do with Voldemort. And there's no, they, the Horcruxes were figured out in book five or movie five or whatever. And then I can sit back and say, okay, I see why they took these breaks from, this, breaks from the Harry versus Voldemort conflict. I see why they took a step back from the greater story and told you know, and and move the character along. But the fact that this is the only one that does that drives me crazy. I, and every single time I go to rewatch these movies, I for about five or ten minutes I contemplate: Do I want to save myself an hour, a two two and a half hours, and just skip this one because I don't feel like I'm I'm missing anything? And I've never, I never, I think, like like, and I and I even gave it the the benefit of the doubt. I was like, okay, well maybe I haven't read the book in a really long time. So when I went to went to revisit that in book form. I I felt the same way. I was like, this doesn't. Where does, where's the relevancy here? It's a nice story. The sto- part of well, part of the story is nice, especially with the, you know, the Lupin and Sirius thing, which always felt a little underdeveloped to me. But you know, that's a even in the books, I think. Uh, but it's just this one. I like I said, it just drives me crazy, and I just don't feel like it fits. It's it's the only one of the of the seven or eight or however you consider it that Voldemort and Harry does not progress except for maybe with the grim thing but even then it's you know I I think indirect. it progresses but just not in your traditional way Harry learns more about Voldemort no he doesn't he, yeah he does what he, does learns he, learn? about, he learns that his the reason his parents were killed by him was because they were betrayed by their by one of their friends yeah. Okay. And that's, I think that's incredibly important to know. I don't, maybe in motivation, but not so much in like. I mean, no. It, like I said, it's not. It's. De- I think it's developing the Harry. It's not developing the story per se for Harry versus Voldemort, but I think it's developing the relationship between those two characters and how they view each other. And I think yeah, that's but just without Bo- without Voldemort, story. with no perspective. Here's here's what it comes down to. I think is that. 
I think these movies are at their strongest when you get Voldemort's perspective as well in some form, whether it's in, you know, Chamber of Secrets and Flashback or in Hologram or whatever that is, or in Sorcerer's Stone where it's more of people telling him about Voldemort and that's kind of your introduction to the story or, you know, even in, you know, book or, or movie seven and or movie eight, if you want to consider it, where you get to see Voldemort doing his things. I just think, I just think the narrative is strongest when you have at least a glimpse at his side of it. And without him there, I just end up feeling like it's sort of a waste. Because I mean, Harry's, Harry's just as important as Voldemort, and I like to see both of them. And if, they, if there were flashback sequences or if they showed him doing things back in the day, then fine. That's, that's, I'd be okay with that, but we don't get Voldemort. And no other movie lacks this. And I get that it's unique in that way, but... There's, I think it's more of it sticks out like a sore thumb than it uh, stands on its own. But I think that's just, you know, like I said, it's just personal preference. But for the record, I still don't get it <laughs> when it comes down to. But I'm glad that you enjoy it, Cody. Any, are you which which side are you swayed to? Are you pro or con Azkaban? It's on the lower end of my list. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Okay. The last frame of this movie is the worst thing ever to happen <laughs> in cinema. Possibly. It is garbage. I really don't think it's that bad. It is that bad. I don't think it is. It's just... It's a meme. Why <laughs> end on a freeze frame? Why do it? Yeah. Why not? Because it's why? not the 80s. It's, it's 2004. He's such a bad one. He looks like an idiot. <laughs> it's I like it. I don't love it. I think it's. I, but I think it's fun. It encompasses the adventure and the, fun, and the spirit of the... Um, yeah. whole movie, and I think it's just a fun little thing to end on. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. I think it's it works, and they, they, it also works in the same way that how they changed. Um, because in the book, um, there's a whole like subplot of Harry getting the the um what's it called the, the firebolt, the firebolt, and how he doesn't have it for a while because they're inspecting it because they think it was sent by someone, and then it turns out he was sent by Sirius Black. But in the movie, they change it so it's kind of he gets it and he knows it's a gift from Sirius after he meets Sirius. Mm-hmm. And I like that change. I think that was actually done a little bit better, or at least in the way they told the story, it worked better. Yeah. So and, so have and the camera the, have the camera the show way, him gliding think, through the mountains and stuff. Yeah. No, I think the way, they, the way they had would have been just as good. I think him going toward it kind of it gave off that same energy that the rest of the movie has. I. I I don't know. I hate it. Can you use that as the like the thumbnail for our uh, oh, our episode, gosh. please? Maybe I don't know. Let me. Just, I'll think about it. <laughs> uh, so before we get on to the nuts and bolts of it, a little bit more story, time travel. Uh, not a big fan. Isn't and... it? Isn't it used in the new book too? A little bit. Yeah, and that's the worst part of it. <laughs> I don't want to know about it, but I just heard that. Yeah, that's not a good thing. I don't think. <laughs> I I like I like it in concept, but in execution, I just felt like it was. There were a couple. There were a couple nice moments, but the whole. I think actually, you know, the thing. One of the things I hate most about this movie is that even in the book, it entertains the fact that Harry's parents might still be alive, and that has always rubbed me the wrong way. He's like, I don't oh, my think... da- my dad came to save me. It's like, dude. Relax. Oh, with the Patron- this is the Patronus one, right? Yeah. 
and okay. I don't know, just the whole time travel thing in general is kind of nauseating, but you know, whatever. What I'm sure you like the the time travel, don't you, Josh? Yeah, I I love it. Um, and it's it is something that I think you you could say it does not belong in Harry Potter, but I think they make it. J.K. Rowling made it work well, and they made it work just as well in the movie. I think. Mm-hmm. Again, something different that makes it stand apart because we pretty much never see it happen again. Exactly. Uh, that's that's another reason that's why part it sucks. Of the problem. They they establish I, they don't well, establish I, any rules with it. And... I but that's just me personally. I like that. I like that they do so many things in this movie that they never do in the other movies. Um, and but they're things that I think are done well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something cool. I think it adds something new to the world, and it works with the story. Um, and the part about Harry seeing his dad or thinking he sees his dad, I like that. Um, if it was, if it actually turned out that it was his dad, I think that would be a questionable choice. And I don't, depending on how they played it out, I don't know if I'd be into it, but I like the way they did it. There was like, that's not, it's, it turns out it's not his dad. It was him the whole time. And it's just, I feel like that's a nice moment for Harry. Again, more development for him as a character. Um, and I don't know. I, that everything works for me. So. All right. Um, as for the nuts and bolts of it, uh, Gary Oldman, fan tabulous, greatest <laughs> series black. I've always yep. the, the one of the things that another little thing that's always bugged me is I I never really understood the scene where he reveals himself <laughs> because he still acts like a raving lunatic, even though we're we obviously because know he isn't. He he's been locked up in a prison for twelve years. I, I know I'm aware you of know, that. No, he he did his. They, they what is that it. quote? He he did his waiting twelve years of it. Yeah, twelve years of it in Azkaban. Yeah, <laughs> but just that scene where um where he gets out of it and then he and Lupin are together and they do this like switcheroo on you where the two act like they're serial killers and they're just gonna murder <laughs> everything in sight. Eat like I said, none of these are just me. Like I'm just gonna rail against the popular opinion. Like these are honestly things that I didn't like when I was you know, 10 or whatever, 9 or however old I was when I saw this. But, um, so yeah, I, n- I never quite understood that scene. The, uh, I think the book does it a little bit more clearly, but we'll try not to talk about that as much, but, you know, it happens. Um, so yeah, that's that's an interesting scene, and uh, I do like it when uh, Peter Pettigrew grovels, but I, I still would like to, one of the things, you, you talk a lot about the character uh, development of this, I never, I still never understood why Peter Pettigrew betrayed them. Is there, is there something I missed or I'm not remembering, Josh? He's a coward. I know, but he was just trying to get was, more power. He okay. was, lur- he was, he was, yeah, he was a coward. He saw an opportunity to get with someone powerful, and he took it, and he betrayed his friends. Oh, okay. There's not really much to it. <laughs> yeah, I guess there isn't. Um, what do you think? I, obviously, he's Sirius is your favorite character, so Josh, talk yeah. about him a little bit. Yeah, um, I just, I love this character so much. I really wish he was in more of them. I wish he was in all of them. But maybe that's what makes him so special, is that he only, he's only in a few of them. Um, yeah, and I, uh, I think Gary Oldman, he's my favorite casting of any of these things. He was perfect. Um, at, like, there is nothing wrong with anything he did in any of these movies. He's absolutely perfect, and I love the way he plays the character. I love his chemistry with Daniel Radcliffe and their scenes together, and I really, really, really wish there was more of them together. But um, every every time he's on screen, it's probably the 
best part. Probably the best parts of the movie are where he's on screen. So do you just do you like the whole father son? Yes, I, son relationship I, is that what gets you? I love that so much, um, and I I just love I love his whole arc of how it, it, a lot of my love for his character comes from the big twist where you find out that he isn't the one who killed his parents. He's actually their best friend. He's been trying to find the one who killed the parents and kill him. And he's actually one of the nicest people on the planet, and he wants to be yeah. Harry's new father. Like, I, just... I, I love the joke where Harry, like, throughout the movies, Harry's just wrong about fucking everything. <laughs> he's just... like that, that scene where he's uh, crying in the in the forest, and he's like, "When I'm gonna find him, and I'm gonna kill him." And he's like so angry, and it's like you think back on that, it's like, "Wow, that's that's pretty funny." Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Gambon's first route, first turn is Dumbledore. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a pretty seamless transition. Maybe because I was hoping for it, but um... Cody, what about you? Do you about Sirius and uh, Dumbledore? What do you think? I like them both. Yeah, <laughs> I think Gary Oldman is probably the best actor working. Oh wow! Like ever? I'm not gonna say ever, but hmm. he is one of the best. I'll He's a chameleon, you. and I think. They couldn't have picked anybody better for that role. Tinker Taylor, boys. Um, one thing I haven't, one thing I've always thought about is I really feel bad for Lupin. Do you guys? Yeah, he's a he's a tortured character. I mean, no, no, no. I don't feel bad for him in the whole werewolf thing. Like whatever, oh, I... that's fine. <laughs> but I just feel bad that like he always gets kind of shit, shit on by Harry. Like as soon as Sirius comes, I know, I know, even though he's his godfather, but as soon as Sirius comes, he's like, woohoo, Sirius. And Done then with you. At, 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 this is in the seventh <laughs> book, so it's kind of uh, it's a little bit later on, not in the movie, uh, unfortunately. But see, Harry just kind of rips into him, and then he dies. I just I don't know. As the as one of as this one of the two remaining friends of his dad, I just always felt he was underused and didn't occupy the kind the same kind of space that Sirius is, and I never really understood why, other than the whole godson I mean, thing. But I, here's here's another question. So, if they have godsons in the Harry Potter universe, what religion are they? Hmm, questions. Wiccan. Oh, true. <laughs> what were you saying, Josh? I don't know. I actually, I like the way he's used. I like that he kind of is set up to be this father figure, but then he's, mm-hmm. someone else takes that spot. I don't know. It's, it's interesting to me. Yeah. So. Dementors. Let's talk about those real quick. Love They're them. great. Yeah. Do you Super like cool. do you like the way they look in this or Order of the Phoenix more? Uh, I prefer them uh, in Fellowship of the Ring when they were the <laughs> ring race. <laughs> uh. That's the only that is the only time in these movies where I was like, okay, you obviously ripped this off, but I'm fine with it because you did it better. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy the I enjoy the Dementors. I think they're fun. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know if fun's the right word. Yeah, fun is literally the opposite of what they, they are, are. Miserable as heck, fam. But I like I like. What, I like what they do to the movie, yes. and that's that's yeah. one of Quaron's strengths is that he he changes things up. I I don't know if you guys caught this last time you watched it, but in that in the scene where Harry is um learning how to cast Patronus, it's yeah. like, and this is I know this is an obvious thing, but I just appreciate it, that Quaron he changes up his angles and his everything basically. Like when it's just Harry and Lupin talking, the cam- the camera's very steady and it's you know squared up nicely like a Wes Anderson movie, but once the Dementors come out, it's like Dutch angles and goes fucking crazy. And I always like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's another positive I have. Uh, so briefly, anything else? I mean, I, I think I 
a couple of things I mentioned. I mean, the cinematography, I think, is mm -hmm. very good. It looks amazing. Um, and the tone, I just love the tone. I love, I love how like it feels like. I, I'd say you could say it feels like. I think I said Guillermo del Toro, or someone. Could, you could argue like Tim Burton has a bit of an influence on some of the. That's not how it has case. No, more like like good Tim Burton back in the night. So like Dark Shadows, Tim Burton. No oh, God. No. So like 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 Edward Scissorhands, Batman, Tim Burton. So like um, uh, Planet of the Apes, Tim Burton. Yes. Oh, God, exactly. No. Nailed it. Um. But yeah, it has that really gothic, like out there tone that I think helps build the world more. Uh, every just visually, and again, I said the music is amazing. Uh, every, I just it's I think it's. A, Amazing movie. I'd love to see Quaron come back in Fantastic Beasts. I don't know if yeah. Yates is going to give was, it up. But... Was, they asked him to do it, and he didn't want to. So. <clears throat> okay. He was going to do it, and then Yates. Oh, he's a it. dick. Uh, nah, he's, I'm sure he's fine. Better than in a Ritu, that's for fucking sure. Hey, uh, relax. Uh, I hate Alejandro Gonzalez in Ritu. We're not talking about him. <laughs> More like Turd Man. Uh, Cody, hey! Cody, you've been... Sorry, we've dominated the conversation with our bickering but uh what where do you stand on some uh harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban stuff it's all right it's all right not much okay uh favorite scene mine is the training scenes with the dementors easy love it josh uh the scene where harry rides buckbeak mm, true true it's cody it's like the yeah. last frame of the movie <laughs> uh, no, the no, end no, credits it's... Best part. Probably when confirmed. Oh, Lupin turns into the werewolf for the first time. That's a great scene. Mm. I, said, I, 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 I weirdly like it when Snape uh, subs for Lupin and he's like has the overhead projector like in school. That was the most that was the most non wizarding moment at the school. <laughs> I always found that really funny. Um, but yeah, Azkaban. All right, moving on. So Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, Josh, why don't you start off with this one? It's it's amazing. I love it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, not I, again. I'm not gonna keep saying this, but it's, it's not as good as Prisoner of Azkaban to me. But it's comes really close. I think it's a you get two more movie. references to that, and then I'm cutting you <laughs> off. Okay. Hey, well, how many Star Wars references do I get? You, infinite. You're you're running up a big tab. Let me just say. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, this is a great, I love, something I love is, uh, well, we'll get to specifics, but uh, overall, just, it's great, um, I feel like I'm just gonna keep repeating myself, but better acting, you know, blah, 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 um, all that, everything's improved, it's great, I love, obviously, we finally get to meet Voldemort in Woo. his full form, um, the, I, this is the first one without John Williams, but I thought, um, Patrick Doyle did a great job with the music, mm-hmm. It was something different. I love the direction. I love how fast paced. This is a really, really fast paced movie. Yeah. Um, it's also a really long movie, but it works really well. Um, and it's it's darker. It's the first PG thirteen one. It's really intense. There's a lot more action, and it's bigger. And it's just, it's a fun ride all the way through. Um, and I love it. Cody. I also really like this movie. Mm -hmm. It's probably one of the more f most fun. One most of the more most fun enjoyable. Movies. There we go. Yeah, I, I have a lot more fun watching this movie than some of the one the later ones. Hmm. This is right when shit got 
Yeah, like, this is when the shit hit the fan. Yeah, things got real plotty and really dark. Like, um, I like that they had one last fun romp until someone literally died. True. Spoilers. Rip. Sorry, everybody. Rip our pats. Uh, um, this is actually the first movie that I ever saw multiple times in the theater. Really? Wow. Yeah. Back in good old 2005, I dragged my parents to take me to see it, and I think they enjoyed it. I don't know. Uh, but actually, this is, um, I I think just with the, the tone and the cinematography and just kind of the look and feel of everything, this is the movie that I think best embodies the Harry Potter story, because there is, you know, for every graveyard scene, there's a Yule Ball, and, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of stuff like that. There's a ton of humor and just but there's also like I said the you know dad sobbing over his dead kid and I just I always felt like this is this is in a way it's my prisoner of Azkaban where I just think like oh I think this is to me this kind of this is what I wish the whole series was uh would emulate I guess I wish they had gotten to this point earlier but even then I still it's it's one of my favorites it's it's kind of stuck in the middle just for many reasons, uh, just because it has to be, um, but I enjoy it. I think I like the games aspect of it. I like the you know you get to peek into different worlds and, but then again, there's also little things like uh, when Snape and Carcroft are walking around in the car in the courtyard thing and they bust uh, kids who are making out in carriages. You know, <laughs> well, that's, that's a deleted scene. Was it okay? Well, yeah, it's, totally I think true. it's on an extended edition somewhere. Yeah, but... just the, the ABC Family ones. Yeah. Oh, true. Is true. this this is the one that starts at the Quidditch World Cup? Yeah. 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 Okay, that's good. No Dursleys. Yeah. Thank God. Which, which I thought was weird when I first saw it, but I got over it. You got over it. That's that's adulthood for you. Um, lot <laughs> <laughs> deep. Uh, but I I just I enjoy it. I, there's not as much Snape, which is kind of sucks, but you know. Uh, of what uh, of the snake that we have, I still enjoy him quite a bit, and uh, I guess we'll we'll put off the whole graveyard thing till a little bit later. But um, some newcomers to to talk about is mainly uh, what's his name, Brendan Gleeson as Alistair Moody, the he's, badass horror. He's awesome. He's real good in this movie. Well, technically yeah. he isn't because, <laughs> but he's good as David Tennant in this movie. Yeah, a plus, A plus. Um, yeah, I, I just, I've always, I've always had a soft spot for this one. I, I, I just, uh, I love it. The which task sequence is your, is your favorite? Just task, not the, nothing following it. Um, the, the first one. Yeah, probably. I like the dragon too. It's, like it's dragon. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's one of their best action sequences in general. When he gets his. His broom stuck on the on the thing is is so great. Um, what else? What else do you guys like about it, Josh? Um, I don't know what else. Uh, every I just love how it's so much darker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I mean, obviously, just being dark it doesn't make a movie good, but it's done so well in contrast to the first three movies. Even though three definitely got darker. Um, this one takes things to a totally different level of darkness, especially when you start off with that scene of um, the old guy dying, Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, I mean, that's that's how you, you're opening a movie that's so far been a kid's franchise. You're killing off just this random old guy 
and you're setting the stage for even worse things to come. And I thought that was really ballsy of them. Um, I guess it was more ballsy of J.K. Rowling since she wrote the books. But <laughs> I mean, it was really interesting, and I thought it was really great that they kind of matured their movies with their audience. Mm-hmm. And this was definitely taking things to another level, and I loved how well, how it was done. And the action scenes. I th- we haven't talked a little bit about it, but the action scenes are so just incredibly well done. Like, I think maybe outside of the last two movies, these are uh, maybe this might even be better, but the, the action scenes in this are so well done. They're so intense. They're so much fun to watch. I mean, I feel like I'm watching like a sporting event when I'm watching these. Like, I'm on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, even the mermaid thing isn't as intense as the other two but it's still really like it gets you going it's really it's a really fun to watch so yeah uh i also i think one of the, one of the trickier things that this had to do that i really liked was uh the harry the harry and ron drama because yeah, I like that i feel like with something like that you're you're gonna alienate your audience a lot but i just never felt like this was that because they're such good friends and you just kind of want to s- it's you do want to see them patch things up, but Ron isn't acting totally ridiculous. Ron, and it's Ron's sort of, a fucking baby in this movie. Ron's being a dick. <laughs> I don't know. I've I always kind of understood where he comes from because he's you I know, don't. He's the he's one of like he's ten thousand kids, and he's and Harry is always you know in the spotlight, and he's not. But you know, I, I don't know. I always I sympathize with him. No, but this is he gets all mad at him because he thinks that Harry was lying to him, right? Like. Yeah. yeah, about putting his name into the goblet and all that stuff. Well, how yeah. else was he? I mean, how else was he supposed to get it in? I mean, that's I, I uh, always I just, understood. I mean, that. I, I, the you know one of Voldemort's followers could have put it in for him. Well, I don't know, Ron's. I, I always felt that 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 conflict was not wasn't contrived, and like I said, it it sets up uh, things to come, and it you know. I but like I mean, that. at the same time, they've been through all of this shit together. Yeah, friends fight. Well, I mean, but. For that long and that intense, they—they've almost died three times before this. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I—I just—I feel like it's—it's it's, that's probably the most unrealistic part of this whole movie. I think it, I, I like that. It, I like that it adds drama, but I do see where Cody's coming from. It's like Ron is just being a bit of a a bitch about I mean, the whole if thing. There's there's better context to the fight. I'm saying that drama that it creates is good, but. The context is kind of shitty. Yo, that, that that that's not very PC of you, bro. Um, <laughs> just get more PC, okay? You're, you're PC, sorry, right? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You I p- have my uh, you, you my p- consent form right here. You PC? Okay, okay, cool. Uh, well, so basically everything's kind of uh, nothing much has changed from the last three movies. So let's jump ahead to the graveyard scene where things went banana nuts crazy, <coughs> and Voldemort. Dark. Yeah, Voldemort rose. From, I'm not gonna make that joke. Uh, but he, <laughs> you know, he became uh, he became his full snaky little self, sans nose, and uh, <laughs> I don't. I never really expected anything of what Voldemort was supposed to look like because I was a kid. I didn't know. The... Did you see? Have you seen any of the uh, original concept art for all the different designs they were thinking about going with before? No, but I'm going and... to. It looks there were some really cool ideas they had. He looks a little. I mean, all of them kind of have the same general look, but there was yeah. some different variations. He had he had the red eyes at one point, which looked cool. I still wish they would have done it, but I get why they didn't. Yeah, Ray Fiennes is great though. Like holy shit, 
He's a great actor, but can I tell you that I hate that he calls himself Rafe? <laughs> it's Ralph, you jackass. It's straight up Ralph. You think you're better than Dude. me? <laughs> that, that, no, it's... Hey, no, man. He's a great actor. I love him, but... Dude, stop being an asshole. Yeah. Um, but do you think he embodied Voldemort? He's oh, I, I think he definitely did. Yeah. Do you guys know that John Malkovich was considered for Voldemort? <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been kind of great. That would have been cool. Harry. <laughs> Harry. What? What, a, if, what are you if doing? He joined, if he joined the cast, it would be the officially, along with Snape, the weirdest speaking cast possibly ever assembled. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's kind of great. But I no, I loved uh, I loved old Voldy. I think he's. He, I, I, I'm not say I won't say he was what I expected expected because I didn't expect anything, but uh, he certainly delivered on the creepy and scariness factor, and he was just out of his fucking mind. And he's like, no, bow like Dumbledore taught you, and he was kind of like polite, but he was also evil and stuff. But the ultimate boogeyman, uh, love love old Voldy, and what? Uh, tell me, what what about that uh, the graveyard scene? What what things do you like the most? I mean. I love one thing I love about it is just it start it's it starts off really slow and mysterious and then out of nowhere it just goes, it goes bad nuts. shit crazy like yeah. one second you're like Harry where are we this yeah is, then, this is creepy and then the opposite clan shows up and, yeah and then it's just like kill the spare Vodakadabra boom everything is just like going left and right it's and so it, fast uh, like it took it's so like long he's, to realize like, that they just killed like, the guy. Like yeah. one one minute, literally, they're wondering where they are. The next minute, Cedric is dead. Harry's pinned up against the grave. Voldemort is being reborn. Uh, Wormtail's cutting his arm off, and all these Death Eaters are showing up. Like, see. It's crazy. Yeah, it goes from zero to one hundred uh, pretty pretty fast. Um, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for not yelling <laughs> at me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one thing I've always found interesting is I like what they do with color. Because you wouldn't really yeah. expect, and this is from J.K.'s uh, vision, so it isn't a filmmaker thing, the yeah. villain to have a docile color like green, and then yeah, the hero like, to have an aggressive green. color like red, as mm. coming out yeah. of their wands in Priori and Cantatum or whatever. Basically reverse Star Wars. Can you just fucking stop, bro? <laughs> Can you just, like... Relax for once. I think we need another um, a Star Wars episode before we do. Rogue One. We do. We don't. We, we don't. Uh, <laughs> should do an annual. Star no, Wars no, no. Perspective. We just talk about five's the best. Is. Bye. Okay. There's your Star Wars episode. <laughs> well, he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, I love the scene when uh their their spells are interlocked and Harry's parents come out. It's like that's such a heartbreaking scene. I mean, the the, the ending of this really puts you in the ringer, especially. I mean between the duel and when Voldemort gets all pissed that Harry left and, and Harry's parents show up. I mean, you go from Harry's seeing his parents for the first time and to, you know, Cedric's dad groveling yeah, that, over that his dead body. Rough. Like, Jesus. Harry, Daniel Radcliffe did a great job in that scene. He did. Probably, he when he's crying over Cedric. I mean, that's that was, compared to him in the first movie to that, like, that's a lot of... Um, work for him as an actor. I and thought I, it was great. I understand the character's motivations for this, but how does anybody in their right mind look at Harry and say, well, he's obviously lying about Voldemort when he's be- beside himself losing his mind over yeah. saying that he's back, Voldemort's back. It's like, God, people, I mean, I understand why they people were in denial and whatnot, but, ah, Jesus, come on. Uh, but yeah. 
Also, this is one of the very few times where I don't mind a f- uh, movie having a fourth act because I just I feel like the the last section of this movie was just such a breather, even though it was still pretty crazy. It was it was a it was like a chance to just unwind a little bit and uncoil after yeah what it decompress happened. yeah a little bit and I like that about it. Um, but yeah, this is a great movie. I think. Any final thoughts before we give our favorite scene? It's just I love I how it. I love how it sets the stage for the things to come mm-hmm. because it kind of gets it, it ends. It's I mean it's a, not a it is a sad ending, but it ends in a way where it's you're not depressed, but you're prepared for yeah. bad more things more bad to things worse. to happen. Yeah, yeah. I especially um, like the I freeze like frame it. at the end with uh with Harry. That's oh wait when he's just sitting on the train. Yeah, it's really <laughs> sick. Sick as heck, fam. But. <laughs> Cody, any final thoughts? I got nothing for you. All right. Favorite scene, it's then? That's great. Uh, mine is definitely the Priori and Cantatum when their spells bind at the end. I just think that's fucking great. Um, exactly what I, what it needed. Josh? Um, one, one other thing I just had to mention. Rita oh, yeah. Skeeter. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> She's fun. The I Megan Kelly of the, of the <laughs> Harry Potter universe. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, my favorite scene. Oh my god, I don't that. I would. <sighs> Cody, you go. Let me think for a second. The graveyard scene is my favorite scene. Good choice. That wasn't that wasn't enough time. Um, Sorry. Um, yeah, I'd probably say the same. Just that whole graveyard scene. It's yeah. it's so well, it's so great. It's good stuff. So that'll do it for part one of the Harry Potter retrospective. We'll be back in just about a week and wrap it up with part two deathly hollows uh to end the whole thing so until next time josh cody take it easy